welcome to episode four of the Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. So we did a poll on Instagram to see what type of guest you guys wanted on the show today. It was either fitness or business. Uh, fitness won by a landslide victory, but uh, I was able to find someone who fit both of these categories. So uh, both ended up winning, actually, technically. Uh, today I'm excited to be bringing to you an interview with one of our newest ambassadors to the Alpha Apparel family, uh, John Giddens. John comes to us fresh off his second-place finish at the Kentucky Muscle. Uh, John also runs his own personal training business, um, and from the growth of his business, I would say is just a testament to him as not only a trainer, uh, but to him as a person. So without further ado, let's kick it to the interview. All right, we're joined by John Giddens, who is actually the newest Alpha Apparel Ambassador. Um, John, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for having. Me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if, for those of you that uh, follow the apparel line, uh, you know we've got our ambassador program. John is our newest addition to that. We're announcing that today uh, on the podcast as well as social media. Uh, so if you want to give John a follow, John, what's your Instagram name? Uh, Instagram name is Giddens Gains. That's G-I-D-D-E-N-S-G-A-I-N-Z. Perfect. And if you go check out his page, uh, I believe we're going to have a promo code for him to use and utilize for his followers and uh, yeah, yeah. give sure him some. That hard for you. Yes, <laughs> give, you. give him some credit um, for you know him being the reason why you found us. Uh, so let's let's jump right into it, John. Uh, you know, again, I, I run a gym for a living. John's a member at my gym; he has been for a while now. Um, so we've kind of gotten to know each other over the last year. Um, so let, let's let's dive in a little bit with uh, with your past. Remember, you telling me yesterday when we talked that you played football at UK actually right, for a little right. bit. How long did you play there? Uh, mm-hmm. I actually played there two years because before that, I actually went to um, Lindsey Wilson. Okay, so you're at Lindsey Wilson for a year, and then you you went to UK for two years. Correct. Cool. Um, what was it like playing SEC football? It's like a different world. Uh, when I first got there, you know, you get out of high school, everything they everybody think there's a big guy, big head, all yeah. the top dog. Got up to the SEC, playing with Kentucky, even though it wasn't that great the first couple of years, mm-hmm. but it was like a different world. Everybody was bigger. You got guys 265 running a 4-5 at linebacker. Yeah. It was like, this ain't high school no more. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but it, it was a great experience because it was like competing against the best of the best. So it's going to bring the best out of you every day. Yeah. Who, uh, so did you, uh, did you see any, were you able to see any playing time? Special uh, no, teams? My first year I got up there, I red-shirted. Uh, then the coach switched. That's when Stoops came in going into my second year. Practice squad guy. I probably would have ended up got playing time if I'd have stuck with it, but it just wasn't in my heart no more. So that's an interesting question then. So so what was it like pre Stoops and then, you know, you, you get a brand new coach and it's you know, it's Bob Stoops' brother, defensive coordinator from Florida State. What's it like? You know, what what's the what's the morale of the team like when you get a brand new coach, you know, and he has the name notoriety of that? Uh, it was it was actually a great transition because when I first got there you could kinda see players really weren't taking it serious. Stoops came in, whole mindset changed, turned around. It was like, why not us? That's, that's kind of was one of the slogans. Why yeah, not? Yeah, one of the few. Yeah, so it was like when he got there, every every player's mindset changed. It was like, all right, we're here to, we're here to win. We're actually here to put Kentucky on the mat. So it was like when he first got there, it was amazing. It was even from the weight room, from practice, meetings. 
you know, we just all bought into what he was really bringing to the table. Yeah. So what about uh, what about him and, and Mero? To me, they both seem like they're just old school football guys. Oh yeah, ain't gonna play with you. <laughs> Coach Mero, yeah, he, he he'll joke around with you, play a little bit, but when it's time to be serious, he's serious. Like yeah, not the so you so you were a running back. Who was the running backs coach? Chad Scott at that yeah, time. Chad Scott. So what was he like? He was he was a dog. <laughs> yeah, he was a dog. Like in our meeting rooms, he used to play. Uh, it was a video. It was actually crazy because it was a uh, called. Call, he was telling us come be a white dog in practice mm-hmm. or in the game. So it was a video. It was like these little hunting dogs. It was like three brown dogs, one white dog. The yeah. white dog went overboard, diving over tree limbs. Dang, dang near broke his neck trying to get to the raccoons and stuff that he was Jeez. chasing. So it was like be a dog every day. Yeah, Chad Scott, he brought all the energy to practice. There you go. So um, who who would you say? Um, is the best player that you ever played with or against, whether it was at UK, whether it was in practice, whether it was at Mail, uh, high school, five-star camp, whatever, you know, you went to. Hmm. Best player I ever played against. Or with, maybe they're or on your with. team. No, it'll probably be against. It'll probably be Devontae Parker. Yeah. Just because his athleticism. Like, the guy had four catches on us for over 200 yards. Yeah, his first play of game, 87-yard <laughs> screen down the field, like. Yeah, and then he was humble. Like he wasn't one of the loud mouth guys. Like he knew he was good, but he didn't have to like brag and boast about it. So he would definitely be one of those. Cool. Did you ever meet Sting? Nope. Do you know who Sting is? Uh uh-uh. uh The the do you ever do you ever watch wrestling as a kid? Yeah. So you know the the guy with the white and the black mask. Yeah. Is Sting? He always had a baseball bat around with him. Uh-huh. You know his son was a teammate of yours, Stephen Borden. That. I know, I know Stephen Boy, he played tight end. Yeah, his yeah. dad was a WWE wrestler. Hall of Fame WWE wrestler. Nope, never met him. Never met him. Never met him. But <laughs> I'm sure he him. didn't have the mask on when he came <laughs> right. to the games. I'd have told him. My favorite, player, my favorite guy was Triple H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. Learn something today. Learn something today. <laughs> um, do you ever keep in contact with anybody that you played uh, with? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, Jeff Bidette. Yeah, He's down at the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, JoJo Kemp, when he was down here, I was talking to him a little bit. Um, some guys that's not in the league. I still talk to Bud Dupree every now and then. Yeah. But uh, I always tell Jeff. He's killing that, it. Yeah, he's killing it. He, he's killing it. Um, him and Avery. Avery's yeah. killing it, too. Avery, Avery's doing really well. Is, he's in, is he still down in Nashville? Yep, still at the Titans. Yeah, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, other linebacker went to Chicago. Um, was He was with, with uh, Avery. Oh. Uh, in Tennessee. I know you're talking about outside linebacker. Uh, Woodyard. Woodyard was with with the Titans for a little bit. Was it? It wasn't. No, Danny Mason. He didn't go. To that's gonna bug. That's gonna bug yeah, me it's, now. It'll come to me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look into that later. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of your background. Moving into it now. You know. You know. You graduated. You you, you finished your degree at UK. Oh, actually, Louisville. I Louisville. You transferred to Louisville. Again. All right. <laughs> Breaking news. Transferred again. John graduated from U of L. Yeah, graduated from Louisville. So, uh, you know, you're a physique competi- uh, competitor. Uh, you just had, you just finished a show. Was that your first? Uh, it was actually my second. Your second. I did the same show twice. This okay. Year part. So, what what did you what did you notice? I guess the biggest transition from show one to show two. Um, you know that you you learned from show one. You're able to apply to show two. How did you finish in show one? Show one, I did second and novice in my class, and I got third and open. Okay, and this year. I got. I only did open this year. And I got second. Okay. Lost to a great competitor. Actually, he's been competing for a while. So. Yeah. Did you? Was he in it last year? Uh, no. He actually took. To my understanding, he actually took a year off. Got some side. He didn't did national shows before. Yeah. But he he's a great guy. I so lost to a ringer. Year. He yeah, they brought in. They brought in an elite guy. Yeah. 
He was wired. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, you know, what takeaways did you have from, from this year's show, you know, that you were able to, to tack on with last year's show? Uh, so the difference I would say last year was, I mean, it was just exciting. I was like, oh, I'm about to do a show. Mm-hmm. I really didn't take the cardio serious, posing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just get it on the show day. This year during prep, I actually like took the cardio serious, practice posing every day. I feel like I had a statement to make because I feel like last year, even though it was my first show, I should have placed better than I did. I mean, of course, every competitor is going to say that because we, we're man. We're mm-hmm. known to compete. Exactly. But this year, it was like, all right, I'm taking it serious. I'm going to win the whole show. That's what I was telling myself every day. I'm going to win. If I see somebody working and I'm at home just chilling, I come in 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, do cardio before mm-hmm. y'all close. So the takeaway I would take is just the more determination I had this year. And it, it showed. I got second in my class. Like, I'm, I wasn't mad about it. You know, I brought a better package, and that was the whole goal, to bring a better package than I did from the first show. Yeah, so so to the, the average person that, that sees bodybuilding, you know, we have a lot of fitness enthusiasts that watch, that listen to the podcast. We also have sports fans, average, you know, average Joes, that, you know, guys that come into the gym and work out, but they don't, they're not as diligent, you know, as someone who steps up on stage besides the, the the staying clean with the eating and the you know the the diligence of working out and cardio what's what's one of the hardest things that that the the average person doesn't realize that goes into a competitor the hardest things is the cravings for the different types of foods you're gonna have how do you how do you how do you do that how do you fix that like do you just let it pass or do you, you gotta let it pass you got to stay mentally strong like prep is really a mental it's really mental all mental mm-hmm like, you're going to crave pizza, you're going to crave cake, whatever it's things you don't even like eating. If you see it in the store, you're going to want it. But the thing to get past that is you know you got a goal. You, you're trying to accomplish something, so you have to look past that. So it's all how strong-minded you are. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. Because me, personally, I missed seven birthdays during my prep. Jeez. So there were seven birthday cakes I had to look at <laughs> that I could not eat. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew what my goal was, and if I, you know, if I stick to what I put my mind to, then I would say that's probably one of the hardest things. That's the hardest thing by far. Is, is like just, you're going to be unsocial. Your friends when you go out to the bars and stuff. You're not going to go because you can't drink. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, you kind of lose social life, but it, mentally it drains you. Yeah, so you really have to commit to it from the beginning. Correct. I'm all in. I'm all in. That's that's crazy. So, um, you know. Now you know. We'll take a little bit of it from uh, from the show to to your personal life. You okay. you, you run your own business. Um, you are your own boss. Um, what was it that finally made you take the leap? You know, and fully trust yourself. So, like for me, for instance, you know, I've got I've got a fallback plan. If if the apparel company doesn't doesn't go through, the apparel company does not put food on my table. Right. Um, this, what this, like does. Do. this does this this puts food on your table this puts a roof over your head mm-hmm. you know this puts clothes on your back what you know what finally made you take the leap and trust in yourself to do this well before i took the leap i had been doing getting's gains for two years before um i was actually what made me take the leap i was at work one day and i was sitting there i was really thinking to myself and i listened to uh, get your mind right mind uh, mm-hmm. podcast he was just talking to me, and I felt like he was actually talking to me through the podcast. And I was like, man, I have a college degree, and I'm doing a job that I do not like coming to every day. And I knew I loved fitness. Like, people mm-hmm. reach out to me all the time, and I was just like, I was always on the fence with it because, you know, you always got people telling you, oh, don't do it. You got a consistent paycheck. Like, you're not going to make it. 
But for me, when people tell me that, that's fuel. Like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yep. So one day I was at work, and I was like, you know what? I'm putting my two weeks in. Take a leap of faith. I mean, if all fails, I can always find another job. There's plenty of jobs out here. Yeah, I mean, something yeah. something will come up. Something will come up. But ever since I took the leap, man, it's like no looking back. Like, mm-hmm. It's a different What ma- What do you think, you know, was the – because I'm sure there was, there was a ton of hesitation. What – Plenty. It, you know what? I guess that. So you said that podcast was really the reason why. You know, you, you felt like it was. He was talking like to you, and it was just time to take that leap. Um, did you have any reservations in that two weeks after you put in the notice, or was it all tunnel vision focused? No, it was on, tunnel vision. It was focused. It was to the drawing boards. Open my website. Start marketing more. I already knew the day it was set that I was going to be leaving. Yeah. Like it was no hesitation behind it. What uh? What would you say is the hardest part of was start? What was the hardest part of starting your business? Actually, learning how to go about my time when I really don't have a secure job. Mm-hmm. So you really have to game plan like time you're gonna market, time you're gonna reach out to people, how you're gonna set up phone calls. Like your day's open and you don't want to waste it. See, when you had a job nine to five, it's eight hours of your day you working. Mm-hmm. So I had to go into it as if I have a nine to five job. I have to work at least eight hours a day for my business to grow how I want it to grow. Yeah. What, uh, you know, what was it like at the beginning? So, so you know, you, you left your job at UPS, you start mm-hmm. the business, and, you know. Well, it was around tax time, so. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, you know, what, what's it like when you, you, that first pay period comes around post-UPS, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, I'm not getting, that paycheck isn't coming this right. time. You know, what, well, see, what, I kind of had leeway because when I quit, you know, UPS, the job I was in was paid weekly. Gotcha. So I always had that. The week I left, I still had the week before check that was coming. Mm-hmm. But after that was gone, it was, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. So I took that week and took that money, saved it, didn't mm-hmm. touch it. I still have money from other checks. And then I just prayed. So you had to grind. You had to <laughs> grind, had grind a little bit. <laughs> I had to grind. <laughs> it was a grind every day. Yeah. I was still waking up at 7 in the morning figuring out ways how I can make my business or get clients or what can I do to make income come in. Yeah, so you are, you're a sole proprietorship, right? Sole proprietor, yep. What, uh, explain that process. You know, what, uh, well, I started you, out as an LLC. Started as an LLC, that's and, what we are. Yeah, I started out as an LLC, but I don't have my own building. And when I was getting all the tax forms in the mail, I was like, ah, it has to be another way because I don't want to pay all those taxes until I get my own building. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my uh, banker. She was telling me about sole proprietor. So I was like, yeah, that's more interesting. I can go through my own social and still create my own business. Mm-hmm. Have a business account, still build credit, and show proof of income towards myself. There you go. So when I went into that, I was like, you know what? This is going to be more beneficial for right now because I can always switch back to an LLC. Mm-hmm. So that's how I went about it, and it's been great so far. So I, I kind of, if you're an entrepreneur and you're really looking to start your business, like you're going to open business accounts, mm-hmm. I would really look into sole proprietor before you start an LLC. Yeah. So... Very very cool. Um, so we did uh, we did some polls on Instagram. Uh, we kind of threw this interview together real quickly, so I was able to I was able to get I was able to get some decent questions. But we want to do a little segment of Ask the Trainer. Okay. Um, Let's get it. Let's so get it. you know these are these are uh, follower um, submitted questions. Okay. Um, that we that we got from some of the Alpha Apparel followers. So um, how is a trainer different than a physical therapist? Mm, that's really a good question. Uh, all right, so a physical therapist and training, I'm going to just do it from my aspect. A physical therapist is someone where they're not pushing you for training. So say you come in with joint problem, they're just going to give you motions and movement, stretching, stretch bands and stuff just for that proper joint. 
a personal trainer, we can look at it as a physical therapist standpoint, but we're gonna do more. We're more hands-on. We're gonna be, you know, push you past your limits than what a physical therapist is gonna do. So, like for instance, I actually trained a little boy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not gonna say his name. Cause yeah, I, let's I let's leave names out of this. <laughs> but uh, when he was born, he doctors cracked half his skull, so his left side wasn't matching up with his right. Mm -hmm. He was going to physical therapy and wasn't seeing no results. He got with me. I pushed him past his limits. Like, I'm not going to treat you like a baby. Like, we're going to push you. You know, I know you got your problem, but we're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. He went to his physical therapist a month later, and she told him, whatever you're doing now, just stick with it. Don't even bring him back. So That's that was, awesome. Yeah, that was kind of like a touching moment for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get a lot of those because you're, you're not just a, a personal trainer. You're, you're, a, you're a psychological therapist as yeah. well. People come to you with all kinds of problems. Correct. Um, speaking of problems, how do you handle stress of being a trainer? Because you're not always going to have the model client. You're not always going to have – um, you know, someone who, who hangs on your every word, you're going to have someone who wants to do things their own way and thinks that their way is better than yours when in real reality it's probably not. You know, how do you handle right. the stress of that? Because you've uh, also got a business to run yeah. too. So stress-wise, I really don't let it get to me um, because in business you can't show stress. You can't show the emotion right then and there. But when I'm by myself, it's like I start thinking about it more. Like So then I just find ways of how me as a person can connect with this person more on a level to where they feel like their system's not going to work better than mine, but they have more trust in me. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, like, honestly, I deal with it every day. Patience is tested. Stress is tested. But to deal with it, you have to look past this and understand the type of business you win. So your first model is to make sure the people you're working with, they're going to feel like they're correct. But you got to transform that, make them trust in you, believe in you, and then that's how, you know, you'll deal with it. it it'll, it'll all come to you once you start working with more people. Yeah. But you just have to figure out ways, like, you got to put, in trainer standpoint, you got to put yourself in a client's shoes. You mm -hmm. got to think client first and then trainer. So you'll, you'll, you'll learn how to deal with it over time. But with me, I just put it to the side until I'm really about myself, think about it, and then think of a solution. Gotcha. So what, um, let's say, you know, J John Doe, new client comes in. What general assessment steps do you take, you know, when you do acquire a new, a new client? Okay, first I sit down with them. I got to get information from, like, doctor history, make sure they have no medical problems. If so, I, gotta, I need a doctor's note. Mm -hmm. I go over their goals. So I always ask my clients three short-term goals, three long-term goals. It don't have to be about fitness. It could be I want to sleep better. I want to learn how proper eating. I want to go on vacation in six months. Yeah. Everything that they write down as their goals is going to tie into fitness in some way. Eating better is going to help your sleeping better. Mm -hmm. You want to go on vacation in six months? How can we drop this many pounds in six months? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. going to go back and forth. Then I kind of see where they're at. So I never just jump straight into let's go lift weights. Yeah, you want to develop some kind of baseline with them, yeah. right? Right. So I put them through a fitness test. It could be simple, like as many push-ups you can do in 30 seconds, sit-ups, half a mile sprint, you know, little things like that. And then once I see where their numbers is, how much they weigh, and their body measurements, that's when I start putting plans together that's going to be beneficial towards them. Because you can't give everybody that you're signing up as a client the same workout. Everybody's not going to be the same body style. Everybody's not going to be able to do as many bench press reps or push-ups. So you know what I'm saying? Everybody I think that's I think that's crucial when finding a good trainer. And that's what we look for from a company standpoint is, is those people that are not going to just cookie-cutter your workouts. Right. Like they're actually going to tailor it to your needs and your, your wants. Because mm -hmm. um, that's the main thing. Like that's why they're coming to you. Like, exactly. They ain't trying to be like the next person. They want what's best for them. So mm -hmm. you have to put them first. 
Um, one guy asks, should I do a dirty bulk to gain size? No. You so, know why? No, I because don't. That's why I brought bulk, you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's your preference. Me, personally, I don't like to do a dirty bulk because when I go to cut, it takes me a longer time to shut off the, uh-huh. shut off the excess body fat that I gain. So, me, I like to do a lean bulk. I just want to focus on, of course, you're going to pick up some body fat in there. Yeah. But the less body fat you have while still packing on muscle, it'll be better for you during your cut. Gotcha. Um, what is the best method of rebuilding your metabolism? See, me, my metabolism is just weird because uh, I can eat clean, have one dirty meal, and then it speeds my metabolism up like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I tell some people, some of my clients, I tell them try reverse dieting for a little bit. Uh, some of them, they'll do keto and then hop back on to a regular strict diet. Mm-hmm. It just all depends on how your body – you got to know your body. You got to know what your body responds to and what's going to help speed up your metabolism. So I couldn't give nobody a strict like, oh, this is going to work for you because it might work for me and not work for you. Yeah. Uh, last question is how do you build mass when your metabolism is fast or high? How do you build mass? Mm-hmm. Metabolism is fast or high? Use every elevator you can find. <laughs> <laughs> Walk up the steps slowly. Yeah. Uh, Don't break a sweat working out. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you know your metabolism is high, like, eat more meals. You know, it's going to fill you up. Make sure you drink your water. You can still build mass. Like, there's no way that you're not going to be able to. You just have to go harder. So, you got to eat more, lift heavier, you know. Your rest periods could be a little slightly longer. Like me personally, if I'm trying to build mass, I'll take my rest periods like a minute to two minutes Mm -hmm. because I'm lifting heavier weight. Yeah. So, and I eat more meals. I eat nine meals during my bulk. I mean, nine meals a day. So, that's how I build. My metabolism is fast. Like, it's always been fast. Mm -hmm. But it helps me build size as well, and it helps me pack on masses also. Sometimes that eating feels like a job more than a pleasure. It really does. Pack your food with you. Sometimes I'm eating cold. You can probably see me walking around eating cold chicken and rice around the gym. You got to do what you got to do, right? All right, we'll finish it up with the uh, the Alpha Apparel sponsored question. Okay. Uh, remember, um, visit alphaapparelky.com, use mm-hmm. promo code podcast, and get 20% off all of your orders, um, and as well as free shipping on all orders as well. There is no minimum purchase on that. Um, so why should I, a prospective personal training client, get with you, John Giddens? Because me, I'm not in this for money. This is what I love to do. So I'm going to put you first. Your needs is what's going to make me happy. Not me just seeing you lose five pounds this week. That's going to make me happy too. But to see you more happy than me happy, that's what's going to make my day. So I'm going to put you first. My number one job is to make sure you're safe. And I'm a communication. I got a communications degree. I can Mm -hmm. talk with you all day. Like You'll never have to feel like you're scared to come ask me a question. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to be very polite, very respectful, and I'm going to push you past your limits. Yeah, we might laugh and have some jokes here and there, but I take this serious. Mm-hmm. So this is a job for you. This, this is a career. A for me. This is a career. But my thing is also make sure we build a relationship because if you trust me, then I'm going to trust you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think and that's key for everything is that relationship. Yeah, that relationship is major. If you don't have a relationship with somebody, it's not going to work. Like I couldn't, the first day I couldn't tell you just, just do this and then I stand mm-hmm. over you and hope you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's other things that go into it. Like, you outside of training with me. I got to make sure you're eating right. I got to trust that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have to build that relationship first. So, you know, if you're looking for a trainer, come yes. to Gins Gains. I got you. GinsGains.net. Instagram. Yes, yes. You Gins do have a Gains. website. GinsGains.net. Yes. Gains. Don't forget about the website. <laughs> uh, IG name is, is GinsGains. Uh, Facebook, John Giddens. John Giddens. Don't have a page yet on Facebook. 
No, I do, but it's under construction right now, so I'm really not giving it out. All right, and then you got Twitter handle. You doing? No, I don't. I don't mess with Twitter. No Twitter. I gave up Twitter in my Kentucky days. Tender. No ten. Grinder. I used to have ten. Bumble. <laughs> no, that's <P-O-F>. not. <laughs> Christian Mingle. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but in all seriousness, John, uh, welcome aboard with Alpha Thank Apparel. You. I appreciate it, it. Uh, very excited to have you. Uh, I know you bring a lot to the table, and uh, not only going to push, you know, th- your personal training clients, but I think you're also going to push us as a company, of course. Uh, as well as you know, set set a bar for for other other ambassadors and future ambassadors to to try and reach. So, uh, be sure to follow John on Instagram. Follow his uh, his fitness journey. Uh, other than that, John, do you have any last remarks? Nope, but I do. I do. Okay. For all people out there that wants to be an entrepreneur. Listen to yourself. Don't listen to other people who's telling you you can't do it. Just take the leap of faith. Trust your process. It's going to start out slow, but it will build over time once you put more effort into it. So if you're looking to start your own business and you're thinking about it over and over every day, give it a try. That's great advice to live by. So once again, thanks, John, for coming aboard. And uh, you. You know, be sure to subscribe, uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all that stuff. Give us a five-star review. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought about John's uh, interview. And then we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you next week with somebody else. Here we go. All my friends are eating steak, it's slow. Wait for them to ask you who 